Tabletop Dragons Gaming Podcast. We eat sandwiches and play games. Tabletop Dragons Gaming Podcast. The podcast for everyone's taste. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Taste of Dragons, the Toddcast, the video game podcast that all you triplets listen to. And this week, season three, everyone. Come on and slam, and welcome to the jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. Michael Jordan, get out of here. I mean, no, you can stay, please. No, please stay. Please stay. Actually, I really enjoy your company. There goes our first guest. <laughs> I brought him back. I brought him back. You okay. did. You did. Uh, but who would have thought we'd be here, y'all? I mean, we, we've only been teasing this for like three months. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but we're finally here. Episode one, season three. I can't Ooh. believe it. Feels good shutting off those episodes, starting back at one. Even though there's a three in front of that one now, that three feels good. It does. Yeah, I just really love the number three. (laughs) It's just so three-ish, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Uh, Check our last podcast if you want to go deep on threes. It's true. Very true. (laughs) Or not. I mean, you know, you could just not. The number three isn't all it's cracked up to be, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Just looking forward to next year. Season four. Season four is going to be the best. But uh, But before we get started, though, I just wanted to give everybody a friendly reminder to hit that like button, give us a follow, and check out our social media, especially our Discord this week. We have been posting lots of fun, random fun things, and we would love to have you join in on the conversation. Uh, we're going to be posting some recipes and whatnot soon, so please join us. Yeah, we're going to be making a push for that Discord. If we're super super lucky, maybe Joe will drop that sweet, sweet rookie recipe. Oh, maybe. my I goodness. I got you all. Maybe. Rookie it up. Part can, brownie, part cookie, mostly excellent. It's true. <laughs> yes. And the only thing that makes it mostly is because you don't know which one of them you want more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The brownie mm-hmm. or the cookie. Yeah. It's the right? indecision that makes it that little bit less. But they're perfect together. They're so good. <laughs> like all of us and your ears. I am of the idea that you take that to your grave, Joe. Take <laughs> no way. you got to share good don't, recipes. Don't share it. Listen. <laughs> don't share it unless people are going to pay for it. All right. Everyone sign up for the Discord except Hassel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hassel, you're out. No, you're out. No brookie recipe for you. <laughs> uh, we did it all for the brookie. Mm, Come on, stop it. Mm, Get out. Cut the stream right. Cut it. And that's the end of season three. That is. We'll see you in season four. But no, we're going to get into it. Are we skipping the three? No, we're getting into it. We're getting into it. You and your literally season three just lasted three minutes, (laughs) y'all. Three minutes. (laughs) The the twist of the year. (laughs) What a twist. A whole summer leading up to season three to just go immediately to season four. (laughs) No, we're getting into it, y'all. We're getting into it. As always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. Amanda. I'm Hassel. And I'm Joe. Y'all, finally, I know I said it before, but finally, finally, it is happening. We've made it. Hey, look, Ma, we made it. And uh, with season three, we're going to be changing it up a little bit. Ooh, like a a transformer. Something like that. Same content, just looks different. Yeah, what was the I don't nicest know. sounding transformer change? <laughs> like it's it's not like that. It's none of that oh stuff. Oh my gosh, it's that like, was the most amazing transformer yeah, sound. It's not, it's not that weird stuff. It's just like oh, listen to that little transformer. That's the butter. It's robot. not. It's not the Michael Bay sounding transformer. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Joe, yeah. could you humor me and I'll do my transformer sound and you do your transformer sound at the same time? I'm just curious. Yeah, we can do that. All right, let's go. Someone right. count us. Right. Four, three, three <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I feel like Joy was like a dot matrix printer from like the 1960s. <laughs> I didn't say what type of Transformer I was. Maybe I was that 1960s Transformer. I like you know? that Transformer. He has a nice sound. Been, a while, been around for a while. A very long time. I don't need to be a car. <laughs> it sounds like Troy's Transformer is just named America Online. <laughs> uh, sorry, I picked up the phone and you got to start that over again. Oh, man. Oh, I forgot about that. That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to be changing it up, uh, but not too much. So we're going to be uh, still diving into the news a little bit every single week. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing different segments at the very end. Sometimes it'll be our Dragon of the Week like normal. Sometimes we'll be delving into food fights instead, where we like have a little battle between different uh, members of some, us. Some friendly debates about video yeah. games. Yeah. Um, as well as uh, Tasty Topics. We're bringing those back, everyone. And uh, some other pretty pretty fun things coming up, I think. Um, so, yeah, um, we're looking forward to it. We're bringing back everything that you know and love and some tasty extras. Ooh, they're probably so tasty. Mm-mm-mm. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> are we talking about the brookie again? Yep. Yes. Yes, yep. we are. No, you don't get the brookies. <laughs> no brookies for you. This is... Sorry, Asel, you lost your chance. <laughs> Sorry about that. But another thing we're bringing back is the question I want to start off with, y'all. So my question for you guys this week is, what TV show that never got a season three would you like to see brought back? Or a game that never got a third iteration? You are assuming that I know. I know how many seasons a TV show has. <laughs> just just throw one out there. It doesn't matter if it's correct. <laughs> uh, uh, this this series hasn't gotten a season four yet. Okay. Uh, and four is objectively a better number than three. Agreed. As Damn we've it. established <laughs> at the beginning of this podcast. <sighs> um, uh, DuckTales. Oh. oh. The new DuckTales. Oh, it's so excellent. If you haven't seen it, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, David Tennant plays a Scrooge McDuck, uh, and they gave all three of his nephews, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, each like, distinctive personalities. And whoever wrote it, um, or whatever team wrote it, uh, is clearly both um, understands us, uh, is likely around our age, and is a genius. So uh, <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> it's absolutely amazing. Yeah, that show is just just uh, so it's so funny. It's so well written, and and it's just better if you if you were a kid watching those as as uh, watching the old Ducktales. They have so many callbacks and payoffs that it, it's just so worth it. Agreed. Agreed. You know, I would love to see a third iteration of Space Jam. <laughs> oh, come on and jam. Yeah, Space Jam. But I want to see it with a different sport. Okay. All right? And I'm thinking, I don't know. Let's just go with base. Curling. No, basketball. Basketball, (laughs) sir. Uh, Curling would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, basketball, that movie? Yeah. Was that the Trey Parker, Matt Stone movie? Yes, it is. Yeah. I don't know if that movie aged very well. It did not. I just want that sport. I don't mean them. I don't think that sport aged very well. (laughs) I don't remember that movie well enough to even remember how the sport was played. And now I don't think I'm going to go back and watch the. There's find a lot out, of though. drinking involved. Oh yeah, no, that's so much drinking involved. He was lewd. Oh, was it? I'll, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> no, I, I don't right, want to fall asleep. We'll go to no, curling. No, you can have it. We'll right. no, 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 no. Enjoy your basketball. Right, you're, not, you're not wrong. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. I was just thinking of something that would be fun, like a made-up sport. But you know what? Curling's close enough to a made-up sport. Whoa. We're going to go just, curling. Wow. I just really... Shots fired at them. Can Whoa, shots fired curling. at curling. Oh, my he God. <laughs> yeah. Curling I, is one of the okay. most amazing things to watch. Yeah, yeah. and I just really want to see Elmer Fudd getting really frustrated <laughs> trying to, like, 
like sweep on ice. <laughs> you better, very quiet. I'm a hunting point. I like that Brian is starting like his own franchise of Space Jam movies, very similar to like how Airbud started with basketball, but then it became like soccer and like hockey and all of these other sports. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm down for that. You know, I love Airbud to do curling as well. I, I've said <laughs> that would be I. Listen, I paid like good money to see that. Dogs on ice. Yeah, yeah. that checks out. Yeah. Absolutely. The real question is how do they attach the broom to the dog? But you know, don't tell me. I want to I want to find out. They already out. have a broom. They have suspense. their tail. Gosh. <laughs> Wait, but but what if what if you what if there's like a little pit that wants to compete and they don't have a tail? Oh, uh they're the ones that push the 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 curling ball out, the disc. Uh, Ooh, well, I, I should like learn more about curling. I specifically told you not to tell me. <laughs> I know. I couldn't help myself. For me, I I really, really, really enjoyed the Mindhunter series on Netflix. Ah, uh, yeah. Mindhunter had a great season one, had a fantastic season two, and then it was canceled for season three. Does that have anything to do with Minesweeper? No, no, no. Not Minesweeper. Okay. But Minesweeper does have something to do with curling. Right. So You're sweeping there. Does it have anything to do with Troll Hunter? Does not, no. If okay. you took Minesweeper and Troll Hunter and then you put them together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. Mind Troller. Season three. Mind troller, troll <laughs> mining. <laughs> Nailed it. Sorry, please continue. So, Mind Hunter, if you don't know much about the show, it uh, follows the uh, two FBI agents who, at the time, almost kind of like created the branch of the FBI that studies like uh, serial killers and like um, sequence murderers and stuff like that. Yeah, the behavioral analysis units. Exactly. That fancy saying thing. Um, <laughs> And basically, they they have actors come in and uh, play some of these serial killers. Like, they had uh, Ed Kemper on it. They had, like, um, what's the guy? Manson? Yeah. Yeah, Charles Manson. The guy who had, yeah. who they had play him was amazing. He was, They were so good. But each one of these people are just, they're so amazing. Um, there are talks about bringing them back for season three. And I'm really hoping, hoping, hoping that it happens. But it's one of those shows that I'm like, man, it could go on forever. I'd watch it. I agree. I want a season three of Atlanta. Um, I'm, I'm very mixed on this okay. because it's not like it got canceled because it wasn't doing well. It's just artistically they're good, which I respect. <laughs> but you damn. Re- you respect, but not enough to not ask for a season three. <laughs> it's, well, that's the thing. It just leaves you. It, I just the vision of Donald Glover and uh, and Keith Sutherland and uh, was it Brian Tyree? Like they're so good that I just want more of anything they make. They don't don't even have to call it Atlanta. Just make some more stuff. I would love to see it. They're such imaginative uh, geniuses um, that I'm both happy that they finished when they were done, but damn, do I want another season. And and they never said they wouldn't do one. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, it's not necessarily doesn't need one, but I just want more content uh, from that, that universe. And they've done cool things like like even though uh, season two is over, they've done like their characters in real life as if they're living on beyond the screen because they they're just really cool like that. Like they've shown up at award shows, like certain characters that are in in the actual uh, show itself, and I just think that's cool. And I just wanted to live, continue living. Um, so I don't know. I want it, but I also respect that there's no more. Yeah, what if, what if they like move to like like these suburbs a little bit and they just call it like Macon? <laughs> or or what if they do that thing where they like wait ten years and then they have like a reunion episode? And it's like forty five minutes. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, yeah, then that's, then, that's, then that's they fine. don't have to like 
uh, infringe on their artistic vision, but then you also get like that one more episode, and then you're like, that. It's also their season two got so weird. I just can't even imagine <laughs> where season three would go, which is probably why they stopped. Which is probably a good 45 minute, you know, longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I like it. I like it. And what about you, Joe? I would like to see uh, a really, I don't know if it would be considered a good or a bad show. It's one of those like weird shows. True Calling only had two seasons and it ended on a cliffhanger. And I have always wanted to know what happened. Mm. It's about a chick who relives every single day, but there's someone who dies usually. And so she finds out who dies and because she, she works as a coroner and, and every single day she relives a day. Like she'll wake up. It's the same day knowing she has to stop somebody from dying who who showed up in her in her, uh, in her morgue. morgue. So, uh, yeah, I, with, I can't tell you what the cliffhanger is because it completely ruins like the whole show. But uh, <laughs> it, it's really cool. It's a really interesting. It's a Elijah Dushka, I think. Uh, and. But when you get to like the big giant cliffhanger thing at the end of the at the end of the second season, they just stop. They just didn't make another season. I was like, really? What was that? Yeah, yeah. I was I was not a happy camper. Would you say that you're dying for a season three? If I was dead in the morgue, she would have to relive the day to stop me, so season three could happen. Yes. Nice. <laughs> That's the premise right there. That is the premise. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, thank you guys for sharing your uh, your love of whatever that was. <laughs> wow, you should marry people. I should. Brian. I should. Whatever. Season that was, three, y'all. Uh, Season three. You guys can just do it. You guys seem to have a thing. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> I could see you guys both have eyes. I mean, good job. I don't. I don't know. Uh, glad you guys are here. I don't know. Do you guys kiss or you don't have to? I don't just, know. Just, just, I don't walk, that. just walk away. I'll sign whatever papers. Are you, you happy? I'm happy. We're good. Go live whatever you're going to. <laughs> Bye. There's a dance. I think. Right. It's my. No. Is my parking validated? <laughs> can, I, can I leave? Can I just leave, please? I didn't even want to be here. You should be a professional, like, toast man. <laughs> just go around to people's weddings giving toasts. And wow, you guys are a I thing. Imagine someone walking around with a tray of toast. <laughs> and, like, like, I love toast. And then they would give me a piece of toast. It would be amazing. Joe. If, if, if Joe Toast and, and Brian Toast became one person, it would be a little piece of toast <laughs> that went around to wedding receptions. Yes. And, like, gave, and, and gave strange compliments. Anamorphic and, toast. Yeah, yeah. No, actually, we would like be a Mr. team. Peanut. We would be a team because I would be giving the terrible part but i'd be like it's fine joe's actually giving away what actual actual toast she's making it better (laughs) my uh my mind immediately went to the toast man being someone like in a bathroom like a bathroom attendant that just offers you (laughs) toast as you toilet toast i'm not not here for toilet toast i'm good i thought that was called a cake not a toast yeah yeah what you're on a cake Oh, gosh. I don't like where this is gone. I also don't like the idea of being in a toilet and just hearing someone crunch (laughs) on on, on toast. This is not for that time. No. Segment, please. Maybe the toast man is like a Walmart greeter. As soon as you come in, you get a piece of toast. Uh, I also don't want Walmart door toast. (laughs) I'd probably take that toast. Troy would take that toast. Would you like butter or jam, sir? Both. Thank you. <laughs> does the butter go first or does the jam go first? Uh, the butter first. Okay. I just want you soaks to know. Into, soaks you've, into the bread and then an- you can put the jam on top. You've angered at least half of our UK <laughs> listeners. <laughs> it's a trick. Oh, no. <laughs> There's no right answer. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but let's get into it, everyone. So we're going to start off with what are you playing? And with that, we mean just one person. What? 
one person you are you playing? <laughs> I know. It's getting intense. It's getting intense. <laughs> Welcome to season three, oh everyone, gosh. of Mindhunters. I feel like I'm being interrogated, like we're in a room. It's like <laughs> one of you have played a game this week. And we're going to find out who. <laughs> the spotlight goes on. It's a mystery. <laughs> it's me, guys. I, okay. I did oh, it. Oh, Sorry. Okay, okay, okay. okay. But since we're already talking about mysteries, uh, the game that I played this week was Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter. Uh, It released on June 10th, 2016 for Microsoft, uh, Windows, Xbox One, and PlayStation 4. Um, And I don't know if you know this about me, but um, I play a lot of these Sherlock Holmes games. And I didn't know until recently that they're all made by the same studio. Uh, There are a ridiculous amount of them. The one that I just played, The Devil's Daughter, um, is based on some of the short stories about Sherlock Holmes. Um, And and it's really cool. Um, It has like this deductive thinking while you're playing the game. So obviously you're Sherlock Holmes. If you, if our podcast listeners don't know who Holmes is, I can't help you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So you're, you're going around. It's not very action oriented. It's mostly about like, um, uh, puzzling and crime solving. Um, when you, whenever you see people, it like zooms out to like a silhouette of them, and you can kind of like pick them apart. Okay. You can see like like oh, I can see that there's dirt under their nails, or I can see like that their their face is puffy, or I can see like the type of clothes they're wearing. Mm. And something they do that's really cool is like sometimes you can't tell what it is. Like, are they sick or were they crying? Ah. Or like, uh, you know, she's not wearing her wedding ring anymore. Did she lose it or are they having marital problems? And you guess. And sometimes you're wrong. <laughs> so this this person sounds like a male version of Nancy Drew. Is that right? Uh, that's the most insulting way to describe <laughs> this. <laughs> As he what? was a, the original detective. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting. So you can go and make these deductions about people. And then obvi- obviously also there's the crime scene. So um, it, it does have that detective trope of everywhere he goes, someone dies. Uh, oh, like someone's no. murdered in every case. He can't even take a vacation, right? Y'all. Right. He, he he's in a bowling tournament, uh, like lawn bowling, which is a uh, uh, bocce for yeah, bocce. For, for for U.S. folks. Uh, uh, and and someone dies. Someone dies the next day. It was just like it was just so, trying to go bowling. Would you say that if your character would just stay home, that so many lives would be saved? Yes, probably. <laughs> At some point, you have to start deducing the common denominator between all these murders and, and Sherlock. But I'm I'm sorry to say it, but uh, maybe you, Ben. This this is a good way, a good a good mini tangent segue. Is they do uh, a spoiler alert for those of you who haven't watched the the recent BBC television show uh, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, they. They, Sherlock. Sherlock. They do uh, talk about that in one of the seasons. Is okay, that, cool. Uh, the common denominator in all of the crimes is that he's solving them. So they kind of like twist it on its head to be like, are you sure he's not doing it? And then the people right. around him are like, wait, what? And they're wait like, you second. just are trusting that he's really smart. And all like, the people that he catch are like, no, it wasn't me. Find out so his real like, name mm-hmm. is Sherlock Homicide. But that's probably one of the best parts of these games is that that Sherlock Holmes is such like this universal entity that is wonderful to kind of engage more with that world. Um, Before I dive too much into the developers behind this game or even uh, the the video game itself, I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about it. What what is your experience with the Sherlock and the Holmes and such? Do you like the movies, the books, the what have you? I feel like I've always known Sherlock Holmes. It's I don't remember specifically reading the books, but he's just been either either. uh, part of pop culture. He's probably been in plenty of like Looney Tunes, like shorts, probably alluded oh, yeah. to or whatever. Um, 
Um, and then I, I think I may have read a couple of them in, in, in school maybe. Um, and then of course there's just been so many movies and I think there was a young Sherlock Holmes TV show. There was. <laughs> and I probably watched a bunch <laughs> as a kid. Um, but growing up with phrases like elementary, my dear, and, and, oh, wa- or dear Watson or, oh, Watson or whatever it is, uh, are just things that you just kind of grow up with, at least for me. Uh- I am required to say this because our podcast is on the internet, but the phrase elementary, my dear Watson, does not appear in any of the Sherlock Holmes Get novels. out of Thank here. You. Yes, well, I was, I was, I was going, going to say, say the like, same thing. That's not Sherlock Holmes actually ever said. He's never Why said is it such a thing? It was in the movies. The, yeah, the, the Peter, uh, Peter Oh, Cushion. the old movies. And the Jeremy, Jeremy, the guy who's actually the most Holmes of all the Holmes, Jeremy, I cannot remember. Uh, Piven. Piven? I don't remember the guy's last name, but not he, he is the most. Jimmy, no. uh, Irons. Jeremy Irons. <laughs> no, no I wish. Oh, oh my God. Jeremy I would watch Holmes. every Sherlock Holmes again oh. if it was all done with Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Elementary, my dear Watson. But but the actor who portrayed Sherlock. Uh, was Peter. the first one or the no, more he's not, famous one? Uh, he's the most famous one. The one that added the deer uh, hat and the pipe and the... All the tropes. A lot of the tropes were added by the television series that were put on by it. Um, so Top Hat, Smoke and Pipe, not, not in the books? Nope. Get out of here. Yeah, no. Who is... The, this is the real mystery for me. Who is Sherlock Holmes? I actually have an answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, so, so Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was, was two things. He was an author and he was also a physician, which makes Sherlock Holmes make more sense because oh, he understood the, the forensics behind uh, criminality because he you know was a physician. And he based uh, the character of Sherlock Holmes off of one of his professors when he was at university. He spent... Uh, he had a great relationship with this guy and he spoke the way that Sherlock does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also... Uh, and this isn't necessarily true. This is more conjecture. But there is a suggestion that um, Holmes is a mixture between that professor and Oscar Wilde because Arthur Conan Doyle was known to have met um, Oscar Wilde um, before he wrote the second book and his style of writing changed. It's uh, They like to think that he met this super charismatic man. It was like, you know what? Holmes should also be like a bit of an ass. Yeah. <laughs> he should be uh, like a jerk. <laughs> uh, I think one of my favorite parts about Sherlock Holmes is that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle uh, was like, you know, I'm done with Sherlock Holmes. I don't want to write anymore. I'm done with it. I'm going to kill him off. And then, like, what was it, like, five, ten years later, they're like, hey, um, why don't you bring him back? It I wasn't could... five or ten years yeah, later. It was, it was well... an immediate, oh, was like, immediate? public outcry oh, for was, how was, dare yeah. he do this. <laughs> so, so funny enough, in 1981, uh, uh, Conan Doyle, like you mentioned, yeah. decided he didn't want to write these anymore. He was a real physician. He was like, I want to write more historical novels, like yeah. uh, uh, more um, nonfiction. Um, so he went to his publisher and he's like, I need you to pay me uh, this, this exorbitant rate to continue to write these. And they were like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, so he, at his time, he was the, one of the highest paid authors. Uh-huh. Um, so like five more years went by and then he was like, you know what? I'm, I'm really done. And like you mentioned, yeah. uh, he, he wrote the last story that he intended to write a Sherlock and his longtime nemesis, both, both pass away at the end of the ser- story and the public outcry, like Joe mentioned was immediate. <laughs> um, he did his very best. He did, he did avoid writing Sherlock for. 10 years there we go yeah, but so then after wow. that uh he 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 fell back into it uh the first story that he wrote after he came back was the hound of bastervilles which i thought was I'm like i can't imagine not having that right. the hound of bastervilles is yeah. one of the best sherlock holmes yep. books i've read uh, i'm a very big sherlock holmes fan so i've read all of them and <laughs> i i have no life and <laughs> this, this is I, I like to read a lot so when i was a teenager i i kind of got into reading those and i the Hound of Baskervilles is one of the best Sherlock Holmes books because you can see how Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, how his writing had progressed throughout it because the first couple of Holmes books are actually kind of hard to read. Yeah. They're really not fun. 
Mm-hmm. And like 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 side things like I really liked Irene Adler a lot like and she's uh, she's a really fun character for him to have run into, <laughs> and I I thought she was so cool in the way Holmes dealt with most people he had his own form of justice like he wasn't all like Johnny Q Law oh he yeah wasn't, absolutely he not. was he would he would enact vengeance in his own way for some people. And it was like, whoa, dude, that's okay. Sherlock Holmes, you figured it out. You're not going to tell anybody. You're just going to go make them pay for it. All right, buddy, you, you do you. I think that's one of the things that makes him so interesting. Until this very moment, I did not know how little I knew about Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> the extent of my knowledge about Sherlock Holmes is that there was a joke about one of the movies that Tracy Morgan plays in 30 rock and it's sherlock homie <laughs> is the name of the movie and that really? was that that's the extent of what i know about sherlock holmes and how i'm like this pat these past five minutes it's just like that that gif of like zach galifianak is just looking at equations coming at him <laughs> <laughs> like that's been me <laughs> The fun parts about the game actually is that like you you feel like those equations are coming at your head and then uh through gameplay you feel like you're also like sending them back out like you've deciphered them and obviously like like to a certain degree i'm not actually there's a linear path so i mean Mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna get a solution may not be the right solution but i'm gonna get a solution but the game really makes you feel like you're the one doing the detecting um which which is a nice segue over to the developers of the game so this game is made by frogwares um it's an independent game studio based in kiev ukraine um they are were founded by ukraine all right hello they were founded by French expatriates, um, and they, the name Frogwares comes from the, the term froggies to talk about French people, so there's a software made by, by French. That's uh, funny. French individuals. Um, uh, something fun about Frogware that you may not know is that the game that I played came out in 2016. It's the most recent Sherlock Holmes game that they have made, mm-hmm. okay. but they have made a total of 10 Sherlock Holmes games uh, since Whoa. the year 2000. Whoa. Take that, Last of Us. <laughs> right? <laughs> Only take making that. two games out here. Yeah, take that, Nancy Drew. Uh, they, they now have... Well, a... I think Nancy Drew has way more than that. <laughs> why, why, are you, why are you keep bringing up Nancy Drew? <laughs> that was me. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, in total, they have sold more than 7 million units worldwide of all of their Sherlock Holmes games. Uh, and fun fact, in his lifetime, Sir Ar- Arthur Conan Doyle only released nine novels. There were 52 independent Sherlock Holmes stories, but they were only in nine novels. Uh, but this studio has made 10 Sherlock Holmes games, so technically more games than, than, than novels. Whoa. Oh. Do, do they mostly follow the books? Like, is it one game per book, or are they doing their own thing, own narrative? I, I could be wrong, but I think there was a certain point in time where um, Sherlock Holmes was more of a periodical than yes. a book. So, so there, like I said, there are 52 independent short stories that make up Sherlock Holmes. They mm. do not do that many stories in a video game. So there are okay. enough stories for them to, to, to continue to make Holmes games. Um, but That they, is exciting. They yeah. do not follow the books so closely that they're one for one. Okay. Um, having read several of the short stories, I can see the patterns of what they're doing. And they do relate very closely to books, but they're not okay. like, you're not playing the novel, you're playing a, a 
An interpretation. Yeah, an interpretation, yeah. Gotcha. Which brings me to very exciting news. They have a Sherlock Holmes game that is going to drop this year. What? It's called Sherlock Holmes Chapter One. Um, <gasps> and they're they're doing some really fun, exciting new stuff. They're they're going to be opening up the world. Um, they've had linear paths in their video games before, and now it's going to be um, set in this Mediterranean open world um, on an island. It's supposed to be absolutely beautiful, and they're taking the whole franchise back down to one. So Sherlock Holmes is going to be 21 years old. This is going to be like some of his first cases. This is before he's the big bad detective who understands everything. Young Sherlock. And uh, they're doing something that, that that sounded really interesting. They said instead of like you interviewing a single person and getting information, I, well, they still have that. They're going to introduce this new system called pinning clues. So you're going to get information. You're going to be able to pin it on your your menu. And then when you talk to random NPCs, they might be able to give you information based on the type of person that they are. So okay. they're building this like new interesting system. So like, let's say I found a box of matches on the ground and it was for a pub by the docks. Mm-hmm. If I talk to any sailor in the game, they might be like, hey, I've been there. And they said that they base these around like social standing, like type of person, profession. So instead of you being like, hey, here's item A, you have to go to person B and hand it to them in order to progress the game. Mm -hmm. They're hoping that it's going to be like much more open. So you will feel like, yeah, like you're the one making these conversations and deductions and detections and stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was watching you kind of in the background play this game, Mandy, and it really did look super robust. I'm surprised that you said it was a 2016 game. Like I was yeah. looking at you play it and I was like, this this seems like it could have come out like last year or something. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Yakuza where like you have a pretty close uh, world and you have a really interesting narrative. And there's like a lot of little mini games within the structure. Like every time I looked over, you were either like playing bocce or you were doing some race thing. Like you were, there were so many little elements to the larger picture that I found really interesting while you were playing. And were, were all those little mini games like ways of you detecting or getting information or, or what was that like? They really try to have you do everything right. that Holmes does in a way that that's actually really fun. I, I could see how if they did it wrong, it would be tedious, but it's actually really nice. Where like if I get a handkerchief that has something on it, I can go to my laboratory and then I'll actually put the handkerchief down. I'll drop chemicals on it. I'll put it under the microscope and mm. then I'll check to see it. Where other games would be like click X to investigate. Like you go through all of the steps. And I guess I, I should preface it by saying these games aren't very long. They're usually about $30 and... And they're, I think, like three or four cases. Mm-hmm. So I beat this in two nights. Okay. So so uh, some of it, I feel like, fills out the pacing really well. And it really gives you, like, the... Um, it, you really step into the role of the character. Rather than, like... And it's not very action-oriented. So rather than going here and shooting these eight guys and then getting a cutscene, you're really, like, in the day-by-day immersion. That's cool. Um, for this game, all the load screens were carriage rides. So <laughs> whenever you... Oh, that's mo- cool. So, and you could look at your... This is something I love when games do. You can look at your case notes while you're loading. I love that. So you That's never awesome. stopped being him to load even. You wow. just kind of like experience the whole story. Man, are you really selling me on this Sherlock Holmes game? <laughs> and, and, and I don't mind games only being like two nights long, like you were saying or whatever, because some games just like pad the heck out of their, yeah. their runtime. is like, you know, this could have been a better game and been shorter. So I like when games do that, where it, like it respects your time almost. Yeah, this one's really tight. There's there's no there's no collectibles. There's no like side quests. It's mm-hmm. just, you're just playing the main story. You get to choose how you do it. There's okay. no specific order to events. You can talk to people in any different way. You can investigate clues however you like. But it is definitely like 
only the important stuff, which is which is really nice. Did gotcha. you find anything in the game that you may have wished was a little better, or some were, any any cr- things that you kind of fell into that you think could have been a little better or smoother for you? I, I, ha- I hate to say this because everything about the, the games are so run- wonderful, but I, in order to be honest, uh, I should say that the, the game does have minor like hitches in it. Nothing mm-hmm. nothing was broken. I, I never encountered a, a bug, but there are definitely like interfaces where I went to use something and it was frustrating to be like, I don't get why it's not working. Mm-hmm. And uh, the longer I played the game, the less it happened because right, I just understood yeah. how they wanted me to play. But there were definitely elements where I was like, oh, I feel like I'm not clicking it right. or And... and According to the internet, that's rather prevalent through all of their games. Like I played four of these, and I, and I, yeah. So the learning curve was like a little clunky, but once you got there, it, it made all, made sense. Yes, yes. So, and but also like this is a game made by eighty people, which is like right. phenomenal. And I shouldn't compare it to a triple no, A no, game no, made no, by no, thousands no. of people. It's yeah. not going to play the same. Yeah. And considering that it's made by eighty folks, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And that's cool. like I said, after a few minutes, I figured it out. Yeah. Gotcha. There was another aspect that was really interesting to me when I saw you playing is you could really customize homes. Like yeah. hats and 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 uh, monocles. I, I, and thought stuff. I thought you were talking about his home. And I was like, ooh, <laughs> you can customize homes in this? Is this is this the Sims now? Are we playing the Sims? What kind of lounge would you like? Hang on. Yeah. Is this Sherlock Holmes a home remodeling game? It is. No. No, no, it is not. It's an architecture game. It's <laughs> But the game does have disguises. So when you go out to talk to people, you can dress like Holmes, or you could put on like a ball cap and glasses and a beard and then dress like a sailor. <laughs> and the game will tell you whether you've changed yourself enough to be disguised. That's gotcha. so cool. Gosh, this sounds awesome. It's it's, it's a phenomenal game. Um, do, do you think you'd go and play the other games that are in this title? Because the, the latest one you played was from 2016. Would you go back and play like the, the others? I've played the last four games that they've made. Dang, look um, at this. Look Amanda out here. <laughs> I, I like these. Um, and the one, if I, if I backtrack, the one that I haven't played was made in 2009. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not that person that likes to play old games. Okay. So I'd rather wait till the new one comes out than to go back and, and play gotcha. the old one. But it's, there, it's like, like I said, there Who. are 10. You don't have to start at the beginning. Correct. They're all they're all mini pieces. I mean, you won't miss anything if right. you pick up one of the ones in the middle. Gotcha. That's pretty gotcha. great. Yeah, because awesome. I love how, like you were saying earlier, Sherlock Holmes is just part of the nomenclature of nowadays everybody knows of sherlock holmes even if you've never read a book i've never read a book i just know a lot about what happened to sherlock holmes and what happened to sir Carth- um, the guy's name the, <laughs> i was gonna the, say do you know because you hear me yelling about how it's wrong no i've known about this before i knew about this before. sir macarthur milk don't, i don't know him writing this and everything i loved finding out about that but actually reading the books no i just haven't <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess I can plug one more thing. If, if I haven't already convinced you to play a Sherlock Holmes video game or to read a Sherlock Holmes book, um, uh, uh, Audible also has a Sherlock Holmes audiobook that's read Ooh. by Stephen Fry. And if ever there was a person in the universe who was probably a Sher- the, the largest Sherlock Holmes fan, it might be Stephen Fry. Uh, and he had a quote that I thought was wonderful. Uh, he said that uh, time and time again, generations have shown how much that we need Holmes. Because every generation finds their own way to reinvent and use him. Yeah. And I feel like one of our generation's juices of homes is this series of video games. I love it. I love it. I love it. Amazing. Gosh. You've you've convinced me. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play it. I want to read it. This was all I, a ploy. <laughs> I never finished the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch seasons. I think so I went good. through three of them. So There's like four or something. 
I need to finish those because they're awesome too. All, all things homes for the next month, man. <laughs> this is what's happening. <laughs> home sweet homes. <laughs> hey. uh, if you had to rate this on a scale of sandwiches, your rating of this game, what would you give it? On like a one to five sandwich rating i would give it five uh reuben sandwiches and i say five reubens because reuben is a sandwich that i really enjoy yes and i think it is absolutely worth five of them but if you're not into reubens then like i totally get it gotcha gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) that's a good sandwich scale yeah yeah i like that we should use it going forward (laughs) are we on brand again we might be doesn't happen often, folks. Doesn't or happen. maybe it will. Season three. <laughs> that's right. That's, Season that's three, be y'all. <laughs> on brand. That's the thing. here. Ooh. Oh, like brand bread? Yes. <laughs> on brand? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so, y'all, let's go on to what would normally be the news segments, but we're going to find out a little bit more about ourselves. Um, if, if this is your very first episode that you've listened to us, um, we'd like to tell you what our, what our tastes are. Yeah. What what our you know interests in different video games are? Whether you've been on boards uh, all this time and this, you're coming in with the third season, or this is your first one, you might as well. Might as well get some. Might advice. as well. Yeah. yeah. You, you might find out something new you We're didn't know before. Here. Yeah. <laughs> like I myself, I hate Final Fantasy VII. It's the worst. <laughs> game. <laughs> no, it's my favorite game. <laughs> uh, Robot also, Brian needs to calibrate. I, I, I do, I do. I'm, I'm a little little down right now. Uh, but I, I love those types of games. Um, I have grew up on RPGs. But lately, as much as I love RPGs, I don't have the time to play them. Oh, like, yeah. like I was tell- saying earlier, just something about respecting my time. Not that RPGs yeah. don't. They but don't. Like, they don't. <laughs> hey, hey, walk across this entire giant map for one thing that, you know, I want you to, to get now. You could have gotten it earlier, but now you're going to get it. Uh, I, I know this isn't important to the story, but you're going to have to kill 75 Cactar. Yeah, you just got to do it. It just has to happen. Uh, but I, so lately I've been enjoying games that are kind of freeform open, kind of like your Valheims, where it's just like survival crafting. But not even with survival. You I just like set your own pace. Exactly. It's just cool. I want to be in this world for however long I want to be in, get some stuff done, and then it's just relaxing. And I've been loving those types of games now. So you like games that are on on your time scale. Correct. Um, what what systems uh, do you play on normally? Okay. So normally, uh, so I've had uh, Microsoft's Game Pass for the last probably about four or five years. Um, and so I've been using that on the PC. Uh, every single one of those games that have come out on the PC, I've been I've been playing, um, and I've also had a PlayStation for a very long time. Uh, we have a PlayStation Five currently, uh, but we just recently got a Xbox Series X. Whoa! Ooh, Welcome nice. to the Xbox fam. So we're gonna be playing on that going forward as well. We need someone on this podcast too. We do. <laughs> we got you. We're very Xbox underrepresented. Forza is soon. <laughs> What did I say? <laughs> yes, yes, Forza. Yeah, so uh, I've been a little bit in it because of the Game Pass stuff, but not everything because, you know, Xbox has its own stuff. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to dipping my toes in that. Nice, man. Um, <laughs> so I'm Hassel. I am your uh, sports dragon. I am the Michael Jordan dragon. Uh, I should say, like, the Michael B. Jordan dragon, though, like, not, like, the Michael Jordan. So, like, I'll... I'll be in Friday Night Lights, so to speak, you know, and then I'll do something else, like a, another movie, but then I'll just make that Fantastic Four movie that everybody likes to forget. Like, uh, Fantastic Forza Motorsports. That's a four, fan <laughs> four stick. Exactly. <laughs> Say it right. 
How you felt when I talked about Sherlock is how I felt during that entire sentence. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay. So you just tuned out. <laughs> oh, oh wow! No. <laughs> Jeez, Hassel, tell us how you really feel. It's like I just texted. He's checking his. No, text. I told you guys I learned a Facebook? lot about Sherlock. I actually research. I I wish you guys could see my computer. I have so many windows open to not Sherlock. <laughs> it's right next to all the Witcher tabs, right? It's yeah, it's all. Right it's next to all my Witcher tabs. Uh, no, so I I I currently game pretty much on a playstation 5 uh i do have a switch and um during uh during the the pandemic i actually got together the parts to build my own pc which i did live on twitch which was pretty amazing um so i'm getting a little more into uh gaming on a pc kind of like getting uh, getting everything together there because i haven't really used the pc since windows me in the year 2000 fair so um yeah because you are a mac guy I, I I've been a Mac guy like true like true and true, but you know that they they have a lot of limitations. So they do, like especially when it comes to games. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. But yeah, so most of most of the times I'll be gaming. Uh, I do like a lot of sports games, so I'm a fan of like you know MLB the Show, FIFA, uh, Rocket League recently and forever, um, and like. NBA 2K, like any sports games will always draw my attention. Like recently, uh, we've got uh, gifted through the PlayStation Network a uh, racing game, but it's like a like a tractor racing game. And I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> Is um, this just farming simulator? It's essentially just like a farming simulator, but it, it it's just like truck racing. You know those little like if you if you go to like a dirt track and on like a Friday night you see like those little like caged cars that are like running around the track. That's essentially it. It was gotcha. pretty awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, most recently, I uh, I just started playing um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla again because because sports games take up so much of my time. I'll put every other game on the back burner. And uh, Valhalla just kind of like called my attention with the whole France thing. So I was like, oh, yeah, let me get back into this. And I, uh, you'll be glad that I've completed less than like 10% of the map. <laughs> less than 10% of the map is still about 40 hours. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Talking about a game that doesn't respect your time. Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I've seen what you've been doing, Joe. It's pretty bad. <laughs> I've put in exactly 43 hours and like change on in this game and have not even completed like a big part of england like <laughs> i i still look around and like i'm at like power level like 60 something and i'm yeah, like it's rough yeah no it's rough. 60 something <laughs> yeah i Poser. know manda you guys in your 400 levels i get it 475 Oh, she's not. She's you know. She's just but who's putting counting? it out there. But yeah, no one's know. counting. No one's counting. It's fine. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. It could be any number, uh, but you know, over four hundred. <laughs> clearly, yeah. Any number above a four, yeah. Yeah, well, clearly. Clearly. <laughs> My name is Joe. I am the editor and uh, producer esque person here. I do a lot of the editing, so I don't have a ton of time always to play. But I am a I'm a Nintendo fan. I've had a PlayStation for a very long time. I had an Xbox 360 and still do, and only play Naruto on it still. Uh, I play fighting games. I play 
Dark Souls esque games that punish you and make you sad and angry. But when you beat them, you're like, I am a god. I am that person. She, she gets real angry. Oh, she I get gets so real mad. angry. I've thrown controllers. It's not a good thing. Um, thank God I have editing. <laughs> thank goodness for editing. Uh, it keeps me busy. It's wonderful. Um, but I like puzzlers. I like Tetris. I'm a very big fan of Dr. Mario and Mr. Driller. And you know what? Actually, add like some sort of signifier at the front of somebody's name. And usually I've played that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love arcade games too. So. I play a plethora of things, you could say. Yeah, and if uh, and if it's a Nintendo franchise or a flagship, you're, oh. you're all about it. Yeah, I'm a Nintendo fan at heart. Yeah. I, I do a lot of Nintendo games. Give me WarioWare, give me my Smash Brothers, Animal Crossing. I'm there. Uh, so yeah, that that is uh, that's I play a little bit of everything. That I do really like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> it's, it's a very pretty game. I really like jumping off things and being like, "Ooh, it's so pretty! Look at my little birdie!" You know. I also don't do a lot of the main story in almost any game until I'm super leveled up. So, yeah, if I happen to fall into them and I'm not the right level, I'll sit there all night and play it until I am. So, yeah, you will. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, things I've rem- things I was reminded of this week: Ghost of Tsushima is one of my favorite games of all time. Nice. Yeah. So I would make it on the list. It's oh yeah, it's high. It's high up on the list. High on the list. So, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, my name is Troy, and my gaming tastes include uh, like open world action RPGs. Where we're talking, like you said, Assassin's Creed is one of my favorite franchises. Breath of the Wild, uh, where you just kind of go around and get to explore worlds, see new things. Greedfall, uh, th- those are, are my jam uh, when it comes to like the big kind of uh, sprawling game types. Uh, my smaller tastes include. I feel like I'm on a dating. Yeah, like, I think you started that off. It's just like, all right, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll swipe right. Let's do this. It's <laughs> a video game dating site. <laughs> That's season three of Dragons, y'all. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's just my gamer tag is my picture, not even me. It's it's. Oh gosh, it's so good. <laughs> Um, so, uh, my, uh, my smaller tastes (laughs) include, uh, independent games, uh, that are just really personal. I love stories and the kind of more, uh, like personal that I I feel are sad sad is another way to put it. Sure. Sad games. Break your heart games. Uh, I love that. (laughs) Great games that make you cry. Sometimes. Okay. It gets, things get personal and it can be sad. It could be happy too. Usually it's sad. (laughs) But you'll cry if it's happy too, so it's still tears. It's yeah. still tears. I will cry either way. But I love that feeling when I'm playing a game or even when I'm watching a movie where I just can like feel the intention of that person, that one or two, the, those one or two people that that made this this piece of art, and it's just like so direct. And I feel almost like like uh, I feel a lot of gratitude that they like shared this little this little piece of them with with us, and I get to like be a part of it and witness it and and try to understand where they're coming from. Like I love games that go there. The third type of taste that I like is like experimental games. Yeah. I like games that are trying to like push the envelope uh, artistically or gameplay wise, and just trying things that you just won't see anywhere else. And a lot of times it may not work. But I love trying to just get in there and then see seeing what what you're trying to do because that to me is how like the industry it, it, or this is how I see like the industry kind of pushing itself forward to 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 grow is with these small little games that are just doing stuff, just doing unique things. So those three tastes and everything in between is what I play. Uh, I'm a big PlayStation guy. Uh, have been since like day one and uh, recently got into to PC games, stuff on Steam and, and Game Pass. And so <laughs> <A convert>. um, <laughs> <laughs> the PlayStation blood in me is, is like red hot right now. Um, 
so uh, yeah, that that is my my gaming uh, taste and profile. Um, I'm taken. <laughs> Why did you do all of that? I was on the edge of my um, seat waiting. Unavailable. What Thank a you tease for asking. I know. <laughs> I'm Amanda. I play lots of, lots of different games, but mostly um, I like RPGs. Even though they're cruel and they take up a lot of my time, uh, I like uh, farming simulators. I have played way too many farming simulators and if you couldn't guess by the the the, the game that i mentioned earlier in the podcast is i love like like mystery detective problem solving like thinking yeah. games the sherlock holmes games the professor layton games brain ticklers um, and indie games uh as troy mentioned there's something really wonderful about the games that are like moving us forward and pushing the envelope and i love things that are made by uh, smaller studios i feel like you get things out of small studios that you don't get out of a triple a studio they'll take more risks and then you'll be able to see things that are like new and interesting and innovative but uh for indie games i do i do have indie tastes um if it if it has small cute animals in it i'm, I'm hooked uh if it has witches in it like i'm gonna buy it. <laughs> uh, I, I like hand-drawn art like if, it, if the whole thing's hand-drawn then like here's here's my 20 bucks uh and then uh uh recently I, I said probably maybe I don't know maybe the first year of our podcast I said that I didn't like pixel art and then the universe opened up and decided to prove me wrong every moment of every day since then uh so there are some games that indie games specifically that do like beautiful pixel art now yeah. and unlike those will those will pull me in um I do most of our our tweeting if you if you you uh, visit us on Twitter. That is me. Um, Troy and I live in the same household, so we, we have the same consoles, but we do mostly PlayStation and um, Game Pass, um, Steam, and we have Switches. We, we do oh, the Switch. Oh, I forgot about Nintendo Switch. Yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. I also have a Switch. I just... I totally have so forgot. many other games. I just have so many other games. <laughs> so, so we, we've given you all of our personalities. So, as you're listening to the podcast, if if you listen to to you know Brian give advice on a game, you can be like, oh, I really I agreed with what Brian thought. But you know, right. maybe if I don't like it, you'll know like, oh no, I'm not an Amanda. I'm I'm a, I'm a Brian. And Brian said it was okay, <laughs> no, so I trust him. Everybody's an Amanda. Nobody's a Brian. <laughs> I was say everyone wants to listen this. to the robot. There I are re- some <laughs> other robots out there. Are we like the Sex in the City of video game podcasts? Like I, that's so Brian. <laughs> oh my god, you're such a Joe. You're such a Joe. I, don't know what that I is. call is that that I call Samantha. With the ladies in the shoes? Yes. yes. Okay. Uh, I think I know what that is. It's more like like Hogwarts houses and oh, everyone's I get a house. That. Yeah. I get yeah. that. Pretty much. Nerd reference I understand. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm uh I'm the house that nobody wants. So I'm Ravenclaw. Hufflepuff. What's it's the house that nobody wants? No, nobody wants Ravenclaw. What are you talking uh, about? Ravenclaw is about? infinitely more yeah, popular than Hufflepuff. Brian, you're a Slytherin, just like me. I know, that's Stop. why I was saying Ravenclaw. No, I think you guys love you. Oh, you were just being a Slytherin over <laughs> yes, there. Hang on, get under us. Hufflepuff is the one no one wants. Yes, yes. Yeah, Brian <laughs> well, was wait, just wait, being Slytherin wait, up in has, here. So, what house are you? I'm the most vanilla house. I hated it. I've taken so many tests, and everyone comes out of Gryffindor. Okay. Because Brian, Joe, and I are all Slytherin. Just yes, to let are. you know, yeah. <laughs> for the balance of the podcast, we're three three fifths evil. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! We're not evil. We're just we're just we get caught when we do something wrong, as opposed to Gryffindors. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's really cunning? <laughs> I think the reason why I keep on testing as Gryffindor is because I'm just dumb. <laughs> well, I, I know Dude. why I am able to test as a Slytherin. I like the color green. No, no. Nah, nah. I always say, I always say it's because like I, well, I have to win, but that doesn't mean that you have to lose. We Agreed. can win together. You just have to be here with me. Agreed. <laughs> I Agreed have entirely. to win. I don't care if anybody yeah, else wins. We can all I just win, have to win. But we are gonna win. Hassel, you're your total You guys understand. I am a Gryffindor because if there is a fire, I run towards the fire. 
There you go. <laughs> like you an go. idiot. Also, and Troy you, made a good point. You mentioned how much you're into sports games and sports stuff. That is that's straight up Gryffindor. Yeah. It is. You're like jock material. <laughs> you balance out a podcast. You do. You do. Uh, but th- listen, it's it's like being like the unbuttered popcorn of the houses. <laughs> so it just gets stuck in your teeth. Exactly. Is it at least popped all the way? Not even. Oh man. All oil no better. Oh no. Yeah. No thanks. No, no I'm thanks. out. Yeah, I'm going to stick with my my Slytherin. We we candy coat our stuff. <laughs> but y'all th- thank you for uh, for for taking that trip into our tastes. And yeah. now that brings us to our final segment which is our Dragon of the Week. Now, Dragon of the Week is the segment where we shine a little light, show a little love to the video game industry and all the people who make the games that we love to play. The dragon I'm bringing to the table today is none other than Areko Kodama, art designer and developer of such classic video games as Fantasy Star, which is uh, with a PH, fantasy, just so you know, uh, Skies of Arcadia, a.k.a. Uh, Sky Pirates, uh, Alex Kidd, not to be confused with Kid Icarus, and Sonic the freaking Hedgehog. Come yeah. on. She is often recognized as one of the first successful female video game developers ever. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and you all ever played any of those games? Fantasy Star, Skies of Arcadia, any of those? Skies of Arcadia yeah, I've and played, Sonic. Yeah, I've played uh, most of those, actually. I love Skies of Arcadia. That was one of my favorite games. I feel so dumb because I actually haven't heard of Skies of Arcadia before this. Or maybe I have. It just like went back into the recesses of my mind. But it looks amazing. It's a fantastic game. It first came out on the Dreamcast. Yeah, And yeah. then they ported it over to uh, GameCube. And GameCube, it, 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 it took off. That's how I played it. Yeah. I have was, never seen this before. <laughs> You're with so me, good. Amanda. I, just to- I totally missed it. But I was like, Sonic the Hedgehog. I think I've heard of that one. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good chance. Well, uh, if you've played any of those games or games in those franchises, then you all just owe uh, Reiko a high five. Just give her a high five next time uh, she's walking down the street. Ask first, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, Reiko Kodama was born in 1963. That makes her like, I don't know, like maybe like 10 years younger than my parents, I think. Um, she was born and raised in Yokosuka, Kanagawa. Uh, Joe Bryan, I know you guys have visited Japan. You ever gotten to the Kanagawa area region? Kanagawa, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. y- uh, Yokosuna, no. Mm-mm. Okay. So, but we've been near there, yes. Oh, yeah, so cool. We got to get to Japan, Mandy. Yeah. <laughs> Dragons abroad Done. next year. It's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Soon as we're allowed to leave the country. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Damn that it. too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so her parents ran a coffee shop by day. This is where she kind of grew up. It was a coffee shop by day and a sake shop by night. Oh, like a full izakaya? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh. Exactly that. Um, also, side note, if this cafe is still open and hiring, I'm just, please, as soon as it opens up, I would, please. that sounds like the perfect place to, to, <laughs> to work. I'll put in extra shifts, <laughs> work coffee and sake all day. You let me know. Uh, she grew up, she enjoyed playing uh, arcade games as any child in those early days would. Galaga, Pac-Man were in full swing. And she was like, cool, these are fun. I'm 10. Uh, in high school, however, she got really interested in the art of advertising. Uh, she would see magazines or TV commercials and be like, oh, I see what you did there. I will buy that Tootsie Roll Pop. Thank you very much. <laughs> Um, but she also started to get deep into the art and life from ancient civilizations. 
And uh, we're talking Incan, Egyptian, Aztec. So by the time she got to college, she kind of had this quandary. She was like, do I go fully into art and pursue that as my career or go into archaeology? Ooh. A question. Which would you all choose? Uh, art, full art or archaeology? Archaeology. That's exactly what I was going to say. Archaeology. <laughs> just like combine them both. You're just drawing yeah. dinosaur bones. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> I'm sure they incorporate art into archaeology because a lot of it is like imagining right. what this would have looked like. So the idea of recreating architecture based on like historical reference would be full. Recreating would be full. the architecture, also looking at hieroglyphics is just learning a language that's art. You know, which is is kind of remarkable. Pictograph. I think I would have gone archaeology, probably because I just, that would have been around like, this is like the 80s, so it would have been around Indiana Jones time. I would have been like, You know, he's a really bad archaeologist, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how many artifacts he just literally destroys throughout the first three movies? (laughs) (laughs) Just one of a kind things just destroyed. Just knocking them over. Hassel, what would you do, art or archaeology? Um, I would probably do art. Uh, but oh, I would okay. specialize in drawing on bones that people have found. <laughs> oh, the archaeology community is going to love you. Exactly. Yeah. Every single bone is like a cast. He just wants to <laughs> yeah. just sign just his sign name, my name on, on every was bone. here. Yeah. <laughs> I would have rocked uh, archaeology because my parents taught me I will never make any money with art. Oh. oh. And that sits in the back of my mind thinking about this question and how my parents would be disappointed if I said I wanted to be an artist. Mm. <laughs> so I would have done whatever would have made them less disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Joe knows her 18-year-old self <laughs> very <Yeah>. well. <laughs> uh, well, guess what uh, Reiko did? Pottery. Um, nope. She flunked out of school. <laughs> oh! <laughs> she couldn't choose. She was too indecisive and was just like, I don't know what to do. I'm not going to do either. And it ended up affecting her and she just dropped out. Wow. Uh, which I feel very personally close to because that's pretty much what I did. <laughs> In my own life. Yeah, I hear her as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But she did decide to uh, go to a trade school, uh, which focused specifically on advertising instead. She remembered just liking advertising in general and was like, teach me how to do that, how to design that. Uh, While there, she picked up a knack for graphic design. Now, by then, uh, this was like early 80s in Japan, which at that time, a brand new industry was popping up everywhere. You may have heard of it. It was called... video games (laughs) and uh we're talking nintendo konami sega i mean the time was nigh for gaming to take off and uh reiko felt uh, an interest starting to form in this new industry a senior classmate of hers who had already graduated and uh gotten a job with sega reiko reached out and was like hey what's this what's this video game stuff and they were like come in come on come on just just, just come on over it's fine come on come on and uh helped her get her foot in the door and it just kind of took off from there the first game she ended up working on was Champion Boxing, which was one of the first like boxing fighting games ever. It was made by uh, Yu uh, Suzuki, who would go on to make Virtual Fighter, and she designed the characters. And it was like kind of like cartoony, cute characters, but also it was like a fighting game, which you just didn't really have then. Yeah, she went into work on different games like Altered Beast. Oh, that's such a good game. Really, such a good game. Yeah, she helped do the the art design for that. Nice. And at that time, what she was doing, um, and this is what she did with Sonic, the art design would be brought to her. Like, here is a two D painting of or a sketch of Sonic the Hedgehog. It was her job at the time to then take that and then figure out how to put that into the game. <laughs> oh, I got you. So she had to like translate it into pixels. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. 
and she did. So the Sonic that you're seeing is what, how she just took the the concept art and said, "I'll make it work <laughs> within these limitations." And and I can say, you know, firsthand as a lot of us can, uh, she nailed it. Yeah. She, oh my gosh. Yeah. She nailed that Sonic, especially with the speed too that those pixels had to be like formulated and and whatnot to make sure it still looked crisp and good. Was just nothing short of just a brilliant work. Um, at that time, you guys, you guys may know Japanese uh, turnover was very quickly. They were working on five to six games. So Sonic really wasn't a thing. She was like, here we go. Yeah. It's going to be the biggest thing yeah. ever. She was just working. Yeah. And she worked on lots of games. Alex Kidd was another one of those. And she just kind of ch- churned out a bunch of uh, art for these games at the time. Back then in Japan, they had this thing going on where if you worked on a game, and then uh, another developer played that game. Like Nintendo played Sonic, and w- and then at the end or whatever, they saw the credits, and they saw the like the art design. They were like, "Oh, who worked on the art art design? Oh, Kodama, <clears throat> go hire her. <laughs> you just offer her more money than they are, and we're going to take them." Yep. And it was effective. That actually worked really easily back then. So a lot of the companies ended up having their employees purposefully work under non plumes or aliases. Yeah. Uh, so sh- they, so people couldn't snipe their, their uh, developers and their game makers. So she went under the name Phoenix Ray for a long time, which is such a good name. <laughs> I, I would just make that my name. Yeah. It's just, just my name now. I'm just going to be Phoenix. This is it. In, uh, in 1987, she got a request um, to work on a game called Fantasy Star with a PH. And that was because a game called Dragon Quest was like really out there in the open. And Dragon Quest was like the biggest RPG of all time in Japan. And Sega was like, uh, can we get in on that money? <laughs> and they pretty much went to her and a team and were like, hey, how do we make this but not copy it, but copy it, but don't like copy it too much? How do we like, you know what I mean? And she was brought on as the art designer. And she kind of looked at uh, at Dragon Quest and was like, all right, it's a fantasy based hero. Here's, you know, dude with the sword <laughs> cutting things up. And the first thing that she thought of, she was like, I really like Star Wars. (laughs) And she's been a long, long time Star Wars fan and was like, what if we take that fantasy thing and we like put it in the future, but not not the future, but let's put it in like space, but not like futuristic space, but like so out there planetary wise that it's kind of old, like Star Wars does. You're on different planets. It looks like it's in the future, but also it feels like it's way from the past. You know, a long time ago, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, far, far away. Lived that same it. idea. Yeah. yeah. And that was kind of the idea that she had. She decided to approach Fantasy Star uh, with, and it was a it was a really big. Uh, it definitely caught on. Other changes she decided to make is she made a, a female protagonist, a female hero named Alice. Which, once again, she wasn't necessarily saying that she was trying to like become like this female power forward or anything like that. She was just looking at Dragon Quest and was like, "How do I make it different? Uh, let's make the Make it a female uh, hero. How about that? That'll yeah. be pretty, pretty cool. And no one bought that game, and then video games went <laughs> under, and that was it. Yeah. You know, you know, modern CEOs were right. Gosh, <laughs> I know, and that's how, the, that's how people react, as if, like, as if there wasn't female protagonists in games. I don't understand why the culture was to just, like... <laughs> <laughs> like there, there was never work. like fantasy star was such a big game and it had a female uh, hero the idea that they didn't realize that, they, that you could keep doing that and it'd be fine <laughs> video game industry you could do that look at work samus uh, she even had an intersex character uh hmm. in the game yeah um named lutz it was an androgynous name and it was a character that at one point during the story would be able to uh, uh decide to become male or female uh, which that was also way ahead of its time. I mean, you know, in, in the realm of like entertainment. And so, yeah, it, really great stuff that she was trying to do to stand out. She took that um, art design um, from Star Wars, the idea that Star Wars was based on like 
like the robes were kind of like ancient Japanese yes. uh, culture. Yeah. She decided to take that idea, but instead pull from Japanese culture, uh, Chinese ancient culture, Korean, and Indian to design the clothes for her characters in, in that game, but then set it in a science fiction world. And it really helped flavor the entire the entire production. And make it very different than Dragon Quest, which is usually very European, very knights, very... Oh, yeah, yeah. That's very, like, yeah. medieval-based. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it worked. Fantasy Star was a huge hit. It went on Fantasy Star 2, 3. She did the art design for 2 and worked on 3 a bit. And with Fantasy Star 4, she actually was like, yo, can I just do one of these? And she was the first game... She was the game director for Fantasy Star 4. Oh, Awesome. And she took the helm, directed her own game, and uh, it's still the favorite game that she has worked on till this day. After that, she moved on to become uh, the role of producer and uh, started development on a new game called Skies of Arcadia, which you all played and, and liked. Um, and the game was so big. It was originally being designed on the Sega Saturn, but it was just getting so huge with what they wanted to do with it. They were like, it doesn't fit. <laughs> she was like, look, Sega, I can't put this game on the Saturn. It's too big. <laughs> And then I want to think that they looked at her and said, we got you. We're going to make a dream cast <laughs> just for you. We're going to cast your dream for this next console. And they made the Sega Dreamcast. And finally, she was like, all right, it can go on that. And uh, they made Scars, Skies of Arcadia. Um, one direction that I think was really interesting that she took with it is she was looking at a lot of other games, RPGs around that time, and was seeing how CGI-focused they were with cutscenes. Final Fantasy VII, Legends of Dragoon, even Tekken was like, look at these big cutscenes people are doing. And she was very much of the mind of like not taking control away from the player, and and so she didn't want to rely on on cutscenes as much. How do you all think when it comes to cutscenes? Do you do you like them or do you feel like uh, they take? You would rather be in control at all times. Do Do you want me to answer that, Troy? I do. Yeah, <laughs> I've been playing the Metal Gear Solid series for the past year. <laughs> Hideo Kojima is like the anti Raiko Kodama when it comes to cutscenes. <laughs> oh, you I, wanted I, the game? Here's a movie. <laughs> I'm a sucker for a cutscene, even yeah. if it's 71 minutes long. It's true. <laughs> I, I think it depended on the game because I think it definitely lended itself to the Final Fantasy series, obviously. Uh, it worked very well for them because, especially with Final Fantasy VII, you have like these four triangles that represents a character, but then in these full motion scenes you actually got to see what they look like you got to see their environment and you got to see them in detail so i think back then that it did matter for specific games but by the end of the playstation life cycle uh like with final fantasy 9 i don't think you really needed them um right and right. so so like with the dreamcast i i think i think they weren't needed at that point any longer but, for myself. yeah i think i th- I'm with Brian. I think it depends on the, not even necessarily the game, but the scene. Yeah. Is if I'm having an emotional conversation with someone and then the camera angles bring me more into that scene, mm-hmm. I don't mind losing control for a few minutes while like you, in, in a very like Red Dead Redemption, like don't put me in control in that scene. I want to see that play like out. Like the cinematic quality of it. But mm-hmm. then like we recently played the new Soul Calibur game and then there were like cut scenes through fights and I was like, this is a fighting game. Let me do the fight. Right. Yeah. I don't want to like, watch someone why, do a fight. Let or, me fight. <laughs> Or, or when they take away control to have you slowly walk down a hallway. Like, no, I, I want to walk down that yeah. hallway. <laughs> it's a walking. I can do so that. It's definitely like a, a little bit of both. Yeah. I, I, I remember, uh, I think it was uh, um, Half-Life 2 where it's all first person. You're never in a cutscene, And there are ships falling down from the sky. There are people having dramatic scenes. And it's up to you to look at it. 
to, to actually frame it. You are the camera. I mean, that works because it's first person, but I remember it being one of the first times where I was like, there's no cutscenes in this, and I feel so invested. I feel like I am the cutscene, right. and, and I really appreciated that as well. But I think she had a good point because I think at that time, because Brian, as you mentioned, I think uh, they were getting to the end of like cutscenes being a boon is it was becoming very trendy to just throw those in there, even if the game didn't need those. Exactly. Yeah. Or they weren't. They were just popular. And I think she found herself wanting to be some of the one of the first games to be like, hey, guys, we don't we don't need to go this far. Let's not let's not rely on it. Let's take a step back. Mm-hmm. I think Skies of Arcadia still had some cutscenes, but it just wasn't. Yeah, it was not nearly. No, it wasn't. Uh, which I thought was cool. Um, today, um, she is still working. She works on us on this, uh, at this company called Sega Ages, uh, which is, I love that name because it's Sega Ages and the word ages is just Sega backwards. It's good. It's good. (laughs) It's a palindrome. It is. It's brilliant. And, um, the idea that, uh, or the, the idea of that company is that they make ports of old Sega games. So for like the PlayStation 2, she went and, and helped make the ports for like, uh, you know, the original Sonic games and, um. I don't know. I didn't play Sega. Who played Sega here? Where's some did. older Sega games? Sega. Uh, Sonic. I didn't <laughs> Sonic 1. Sonic 2. Um, you might have heard of them. Sonic 3 as well. Uh, Sonic and Knuckles uh, was a pretty popular one. <laughs> so this, this company would just make ports. Every time a new console came out, they were like, hey, people are going to want to play these games. So PlayStation 3 comes out. They would make like a collection of all of these old Sega games. That was cool. Um, I remember having one for Namco uh, that was like, here's Pac-Man and Dig Dug and all this stuff. And you just kind of get all these games. I love those, yeah. Yeah. So she would make those, but with Sega, which was brilliant because she's making the ports to games that she made back yeah. then. <laughs> so I couldn't think of it being in any better hands than like the person who made a lot of these to Agreed. begin with. Yeah. Um, even down to today, the Nintendo Switch, their ports of Sonic and, and Fantasy Star are all done through her and that company. That's awesome. Which I'm like... Hell yeah! Keep keep getting it. This is amazing. <laughs> um, so you could just go and play one of these games today if you have a, a Switch, which I'm very excited for. Um, the mark that, that Reiko has left on the games industry is beautiful. She's widely regarded as one of the first female video game developers, and she was also dubbed in Nintendo Power Magazine, which was huge back then, as the first lady of RPGs. Um, she states that she does not design her games uh, strictly for the female audience. She does avoid, however, including elements that treat women unfairly. Like, that's her philosophy of it. Absolutely. Uh, She's excited to see more and more girls growing up around video games because that just means that more women are going to get into game making as a career, and that's only beneficial. Uh, In 2018, she received the Pioneer Award uh, for her long and illustrious career, and there had been only other two uh, people from Japan who had uh, received that award at that time. So she's in a really good company. Um, while she no longer directly creates art for games anymore, uh, in her off time these days, she does like to make handcrafts. She likes to paint. <laughs> and, um, and there is one more thing uh, that has underlined her entire career that I feel like I have felt manifest itself through Fantasy Star and Seventh Dragon and all those games she's made. It, like, it makes sense. Uh, she's a big Dungeons & Dragons player. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! yeah. Big, big. She is even <laughs> quoted by saying that she is a particularly huge fan of Raslin Majeri. Uh, Did I say that right? Uh, I don't know. Raslin? It's, a, it's an, Raslin, you said it correct. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. <laughs> but Raslin from the uh, Dragonlance series. So uh, it's a pretty good company, Amanda, I'd say. Pretty good company. 
I could talk about wrestling forever. <laughs> we need to get we need to get Rayco and you on a, on on call, <laughs> so you guys can just nerd remember, out about wrestling. I want to be there. Do you remember in Soulforge where he went into the tower and then he came out and he was an emotional scene with his brother? And it's really interesting because I mean, it's just the parallels between like. <laughs> but you also need to get his cell on it because his cell's going to talk about wrestling. And then it's going to be, he's, he's just not going to understand the assignments. He's going to be like, what? What do you, yep. what do you mean? I'm going to show up in like full ultimate warrior gear. Yeah. <laughs> yes, face paint and all. This is from the top rope. Oh. No, no, no. no. You guys like, misunderstood me. I said the ultimate warrior. Like I worry about people's safety in the ring. <laughs> Are you okay? Do you want me to hold that up for you? you do do you, guys, you guys need a step. hug? You guys need a hug? Okay, three, points, three points of contact on that ladder. What you don't realize is that Raslin has a twin brother, Caraman, oh. uh, and you're just you're just full Caraman cosplay <laughs> at this point. <laughs> uh, what I love about the D and D tie-in is that w- one of her main goals, as she stated, is that she when she goes to design like a cast of characters, she tries to create them with a cause to come together, regardless of race, gender, species, or even home planet. And that's something that's always been really unique about D and D is you bring so many different walks of life together to just become like a family and yeah. to for the you know to, to complete your your mission your goal your quest and it's definitely uh been portrayed in in all of her games that she's made so uh hats off to reiko kodama my dragon of the week for this week very nice sir what a great way to kick off season three sports reference kick off thank you <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't count that doesn't count troy Oh man! <laughs> One of these days, I'll be sports guy. One of these days. Wait, wait, kickoff, kickoff's a thing. What? Kickoff's a thing. Yeah, but I mean, listen, it's a sports okay. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't step on Hassel's sports toes, even oh, if it's okay. correct. Okay, okay, right, right, right. Got to stay, stay in my lane. All sad, sports, sad cry games. All sports <laughs> references have to come to me first, so it's that true. I can stamp. Oh, approval. Them. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. I get oh, it. so it's like an then, icing rule. I then get it, I get I a get notary, it. a notary to go ahead and just stamp it at the same time. Okay. So like, and okay. if it's yeah. approved, then I can say it. Right. Okay. Okay. Understood. I'll, I'll remember that for next week. Uh, uh, you know, good notes. Good notes all around, guys. <laughs> good notes. <laughs> we're learning still, even though it's season three. We're still figuring it out. Hell yeah. <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us for our season three, episode one. Uh, amazing, spectacular. Extravaganza. Extravaganza. I feel so full. I've yeah. learned so much today. Thank you all so much. Yeah. So y'all, thank you so much for joining us. You can always find us online. To continue the conversation, you can always follow us online. Check us out on Twitter for the latest indie game news, on Instagram for updates and silly images, on Discord for daily discussions, and on Twitch for live gaming and just chatting all week long. We are at Taste of Dragons everywhere, and we'd love to hear from you. Heck yeah. And uh, y'all, thank you so much for joining us. As always, my name is Brian. My name is Troy. Amanda. I'm Hassel. And I'm Joe. And we are... The The Taste of Dragons. Have a great week, everyone. And a great season. Yeah, tis the season. So you know Indiana Jones is like a really terrible archaeologist, right? Yeah, but he's got a cool hat. So yeah, season course, four next absolutely week? Absolutely the worst. Um, season four. Taste of Dragons Gaming Podcast, a podcast for everyone's day.